Good afternoon or good evening to you, Abuja. How are you doing? And yes, to a lot of people. And how was the festivity on lockdown? <laughs> Up here, stone areas. And for those who didn't get to celebrate, well, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. But guess what? We're here, still alive, kicking it. And yes, um, it's still another two long weeks. I hear people, you know, gnashing their teeth and angry and so on. Like, okay, if it's for the benefit of health, then why don't why don't we do it? I mean, it's it's a whole another two weeks. Yes, it won't kill us, but. Before I go on, my name is uh, Dora Onyechere, your humble hostess evening on KISS FM and you are live and direct on Talk to Adara. I remember last week there were so many, so many feedback uh, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. In fact, uh, we had a challenge on Facebook and we had 16 lucky winners. I want to say thank you so much for uh, joining us on Facebook for that challenge, Easter challenge as I call it. And we asked you to send in your stories, your personal stories of how you feel and what you've been going through and what you've been doing during the lockdown. And so we had uh, had quite interesting, you know, remarks. We had quite interesting stories. In fact, some were very comical. Some were heart-wrenching. And, yes, a lot of them bordered on hunger and frustration. So, um, yes, we want to say thank you to you for that. Uh, in fact, uh, I think one of the major questions a lot of people were asking was, one, how far so far is the welfare you know, distribution of the whole social investment program going. Um, there have been some naming of, you know, right about now, some areas where the commencement, you know, will start, uh, you know, in Abuja here. Uh, we don't know about other states. We know that they're doing a general, you know, uh, kind of uh, intervention program for citizens in states, for instance, in Lagos State, Ogun State, um, Abia State. Someone was saying in Abuja particularly, there have been some respite with electricity, you know, I don't know about you, but there has been some respites uh, with electricity. Some say, well, it's about time. Some say it could be palliatives. Uh, some say, does it have to take COVID-19 to have full blast electricity? But all those questions will come on later. But for now, I want to say thank you so much for joining us. And I think it is time for all of us to join hands together and think about healing the world. So for now, I'll take a quick break and we will come right back at you. For now, I think you should just stay tuned and yes. Heal the world, let's make it a better place. There's a place in your heart, and I know that it is love. And place was brighter than tomorrow. And if you really try, you'll find there's no need to cry. There's no hurt or sorrow There are ways to get there If you care enough for the living Make a little space Make a better place Heal the world Make it a better place For you and for me And the entire human race Joyful giving If we try 
for our children, you and for me. And that was Michael Jackson belted that one out right there on your radio. Uh, yes, but we will not heal the world if we do not stay at home and stay safe. Remember that. So it begins with obedience to law and order. Now, while coming to the station i still kind of see you know a lot of people on the streets and i'm wondering if you know um everyone you see on the street are either you know media practitioners or medical assistants or you know uh people within this you know service that is the police the military and the sss or the nscdc so you're 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 wondering because uh, this is not about trying to frustrate anyone i remember that uh, his excellency during his speech now let's take a recap on that expanded the social register from 2.6 million households remembering that to 3.6 million households and yes in pronouncing the extra 14 lockdown on the federal capital territory abuja now listen to the States in particular, Federal Capital Territory Abuja, as well as Lagos and Ogun State, as part of further measures to curb the spread of coronavirus in the country. And that is because, of course, from the president's speech, you could say that he said, um, as a result of this pandemic, quote unquote, the world as we know it has changed. The way we interact with each other, conduct our businesses, trade, travel, educate our children, and earn our livelihoods will bit different and that is even post COVID and so he says to ensure our economy adapts to this new reality I am directing the ministers of industry, trade and investment communication and digital economy science and technology transportation, aviation, interior health workers, housing, labor and employment and education to jointly, jointly he says, develop a comprehensive policy for Nigerian economy functioning with COVID-19 and so I think that is sort of telling you about a post you know COVID-19 plan or just while we're dealing with it so in in respect to that we're going to be looking at that area of conversation and we're going to be looking at uh, you know it, it's quite glaring the level of poverty we have seen with this condition and the situation we find ourselves in um, and the most important thing is how do we mitigate the rising case of hunger against the rising cases of restlessness and outburst by citizens? And that's what we're going to be dealing with today. How do we mitigate the rising case of hunger against the rising cases of restlessness and outburst by citizens? Now, you know, vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, married out with what His Excellency has said about, you know, the social investment program and increasing it to about... 3.6 million households. People are asking how many people have gotten the social investment, you know, welfare or program, whatever you call it, and how many more are to receive. Do we have a registry? Are there people with data? How do they get it? You know, to what extent are we looking at? Did we have a poverty mapping in the first place? Was there anything like a poverty mapping to determine, you know, the households that are really poor? Uh, funny enough, I had a conversation with someone <laughs> off records and he said, well, he believes that anyone who can go on social media and tweet or go on Instagram and Facebook is not poor because you have data. <laughs> so, and so I don't know how he categorized that. But um, he says, well, it is only the poorest of the poor that cannot have a voice and cannot reach the elite. So those are the people to focus on. So how do you reach those kind of people? We're going to be having a guest on our show. In fact, two guests. We have, uh, yes, 
Ario. Ario is going to be on our show this afternoon. Ario is a right activist. And yes, if you know Ario Dare Atoye, he is a voice uh, to reckon with in terms of the civil society organization. He's been on a lot of uh, issues concerning good governance in Nigeria and, of course, um, you know, open and transparent uh, elections in Nigeria, especially good leadership. And um, I would also be having with me on the show later. Uh, we'll be having all of this conversation. Uh, phoning will be having uh, Honorable Abdurazak Namdas. He's the chairman, uh, of course, on the committee of AMI. And we're talking about lockdown right now. So a lot of people are also asking, you know, what role, to what extent, what's the boundary of the uh, police in stopping people? Do you stop people and arrest or do you stop people and turn them back? If you are on the streets or on the road that you can see the traffic, you will be wondering what is the essence of the obedience towards social distancing if you are having more than 20 cars or 30 cars in a space. So that again defeats the instruction on social distancing. So I think that we as citizens should help the police stay at home and so that they don't get locked up in a log jam and secondly uh, the police should also understand that you know if someone is off to work maybe uh, a medical provider or some someone is rushing off to get you know groceries or food stuff or to restock I think there's not any uh, I think it's not essential to actually allow them to build up space in such a short period of time so yes and that's what we'll be dealing with today and um, remember to call us on our phone lines our phone lines are open 0903 uh, 30,899 or 080-999-8777 the number again is 080-999-8777 080-999-8777 and that's our number uh, for today so yes you're looking at Mitigating hunger against the restlessness of the people and then looking at the fact that we can actually see stark poverty the people who really are being affected by the lockdown someone would say uh, like yesterday from some of the um, stories we got online the hawkers the consular the taxi drivers you have seen you know some people express you know their frustration at lack or lacking availability of you know mediums of livelihood through their daily activities and it's really getting to them but in the in spite of that i know that the united states are uh, you know through their social welfare net program have introduced what you call the unemployment aid and that is from the data from the number of citizens per you know county and they're looking at at least 150 people per county and taking it as they go so i do not know i know we're looking at um, palliatives now in terms of you know household social welfare program and food and all of that but they've taken it a step further to look at unemployment aid or stay-at-home aid so i don't know how much of that is going to go to professionals or skilled persons and again you're going to also want to wonder uh to what extent you know does this palliative last you know, looking at a two weeks lockdown is again up to the families to be able to manage. I mean, if you have a family of eight children with 20,000, you're wondering, okay, how, how much of that's going to get to them? If you have a family of 
six children are wondering what a loaf of bread is going to do or two tubers of yam or three packets of indomie. So the question has come against the reality on ground and the political correctness of this intervention. So these are some of the issues people have raised and there's a lot of conversation uh, in between the line. Now we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to also have uh, our guests come on board. But first, uh, I think one of the most important things is to also look at the fact that uh, a conversation has started. We want to take the Vox Pops that we took earlier on the street, get people to tell you what their mindset are like during the slugdown, and then we'll have Ariel join us on the show. Just stay with us. Hello, you're welcome to the show today. Talk to Adora. My name is Adora Lingeshire. It is a privilege always to have you here. And yes, to my guest, how are you feeling today? Hello, Adora. I'm great. I'm, I'm gay. Uh, you're, you're gay? Oh, my. You're coming out on live radio. Wow. No. I mean, you, you do know it's 14 years under the law and I, I don't want the police outside. No. Come on. No, I mean, I'm happy. <laughs> Come on, Adora, no. Oh, oh, you mean you're happy. Oh, oh, I see. Talk to Adora. No heating conversations, no bars held back. Undiluted, dealing with real-life issues, conversations across the borders. And it's about bringing you closer to the solution. Talk to Adora. It is raw. It is personal. It is deep. It will leave you at the edge of your seat. Every Tuesday is 4 p.m. on Kiss FM. Very serious issue. I feel um, what the government should do to reduce um, hunger and everything is... <coughs> you know, outside the country they are paying some, some of their citizens and all. But for Nigeria, I know that's not going to work. And we heard that some parts are already sharing food and everything. It's good if the government can actually take time to pay the citizens. Yes. If they should pay the citizens some certain amount, I feel it's going to help um, the whole situation. Even if you don't want to pay, at least um, share food to some rural areas, like you know the rural communities where it's going to be difficult to get uh, maybe money across to them. You can just send food, um, relief materials across, and it's going to help. It's going to go a long way. I think right now it's time for government to scale everything down to all levels of government. Um, right now, every chairman, every councillor needs to be involved to help in easing the economic um, restlessness, if I may see it like that, of the people. So there's hunger, of course because people cannot go out so governments at all levels now have to go down to the people so people at the grassroots will have to be reached by their um, councillors or chairmen in the local governments and all that and it's just to build a structure that will ensure that food gets to every member of the society at least the poorest of the poor, like people would say. So government now needs to put down a structure where there's the federal, there's the state, there's local government, and then there are wards. 
So we begin to put down that structure for each state to know that um, the local government chairman will also be involved, the, the councillors will also be involved and all that. And The COVID-19 has shown the stark poverty among the people. How do we mitigate the rising case of hunger against the rising cases of relentlessness and outburst by the citizens? All right, uh, th that was some of the um, voices we, we got from the street, and you, you could tell, very insightful, very insightful, very well informed. Uh, some say, yes, we do know the government is doing something, and we appreciate that, but how far-reaching are these measures from local government to states, of course, to the federal? It needs to be articulated more, and people need to understand what uh, the conversations are as well. Now, if you also look at what's going on online, uh, you would find the conversations <laughs> are far-reaching far and well-expressed. In fact, I think I will, I will read out some of them here. Uh, someone said, and this is Okafo Kalistu, says, please, government and people who can help should come to our aid. Our market was shut down uh, for the past two weeks with this extension of two weeks again. No income, no transaction. I can't survive this. And that was from Okafo Kalistus. And um, you also have other people here reigning in. Hayata says, and there will be no support from federal government for him because he has no bank account and not considered as poor. And um, you're wondering, okay, uh, what exactly instigated that? You also have other people also talking about issues of what uh, their pictures like. Some people sent in pictures of what their own lockdown was. Someone sent me in a bowl of Gary with granite. At least he has granite inside. Some people don't even have granite. <laughs> Some will consider granite as protein or protein. So you, you, you would see his picture with one spoon of Gary, you know, with granite in it, laced around it. I'm sure there's sugar. And he now writes, Emmanuel Chisholm Felix with tears on his face says, it will get better you know, with exasperation and, and then it goes on and on and on we'll take more, uh, you know uh, of what's happening, someone says uh, finally it's from Abu, Abu says sincerely, I am not smiling, no, this is how my face has been throughout the whole quagmire, you need to see his face, like a dream, I just can't fathom or think which way to go two more weeks of this lockdown, of this prison this is my own reality TV show Two more weeks have been added and my responsibilities to my family lingered. We are currently out of stock. The hunger will increase with the addition of weeks. Now this kind thing, they make person knackhead for transformer, Peme, as he ends it. So uh, that is from Abu. So we're going to take more of that response, but we're definitely going to go to our, our guest. A guest is waiting for us to uh, have this conversation. I'm sure that they had what the streets were saying. I'm sure they've heard what's coming from the social media. And it's not funny for some people. But like we say, hey, you know, um, obedience is better than sacrifice. And this is about keeping the law. And um, we want to say thank you for Hello. all those comments. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon, Honorable Namdas. It's good to have you on the show. Uh, good afternoon. Pleasure. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, yes, another two weeks of the lockdown. You know, um, mm. people have been bringing in, you know, some of their issues to the bear, giving comments mm. on what the last two weeks has been. For you, yeah. you are the chairman committee on AMI. I mean, you are also an honorable member of the uh, House of How has this been for you, first as a lawmaker and second as a Nigerian? Uh, actually, it's not been easy. 
we are used to going out to the office and then interacting with our constituents and the people generally as politicians but uh, because of COVID-19 and uh, we also have to obey the rules and then uh, agree to stay at home and keep to the uh, hygiene and other regulations that government has put in place. But actually, if not because this is, has to save lives, it is not an easy task, but we all have to do it because it's better to stop the, or reduce the spread of the disease than to go and contract it and then get more issues. It's but we are doing our best. You have also heard, you know, I mean, you've also experienced people's side comments on the extra two weeks lockdown, which was announced by yeah. the president, you know, a few hours ago. Uh, and yeah. he, he said, yes, it is also to keep controlling the pandemic and to see the success rate in the reduction of the number of the spread. But people are complaining. A lot of people are saying, how are people going to survive? I mean, we are saying that His Excellency is extending the social welfare, social investment program to three more, three point six million more households. But a lot of people say we we don't know if the money will reach us. And for us, how do we survive? What do we do? It, isn't there isn't there supposed to be a buffering? Should it be a total lockdown? Should it be twelve hours in the day, twelve hours open? What is your take on it exactly? Uh, truly speaking. I really support the issue of two weeks, uh, additional two weeks lockdown. Only thing is that, uh, when you lock down people, it is true that we have to review our existing programs. For example, uh, the president has gradually agreed that additional one million households should benefit from the social investment program. Now, uh, we in the National Assembly, our leadership, have, our leaders have actually made complaints about how the programs have been carried out in the states. Uh, I can tell you that in my constituency, I'm yet to hear somebody telling me that he has benefited from the conditional cash transfer and other programs like that. So uh, it is worrisome that this is happening. Mm. What state? I'm from Adamao State. Uh, my constituency is Genye, Tongomao, Belwa. I have the largest constituency in Adamao because I, ha I represent four local governments. And uh, I have to do my own part after sacrificing two months salaries. I have to do my own part to also buy foodstuffs and also uh, as part of palliative to give to the people. But uh, the phone calls I keep receiving on a daily basis is to such that as if uh, they have not seen anything yet from either the federal government and things like that. So we are of the opinion that this program is reality. People are benefiting, but I think it is not getting down the way we expect. So that's why... There is need for us to put together both the legislature and the executive to sit down and review so that people should actually benefit. Because my our fear is even that some of these people that we term as poor do not even have bank accounts. So if you are relying on bank accounts to give people uh, some money, then we may be pushing out a lot of people out of uh, the benefit. That's my issue. But for locking down, it is better. Okay. If, yeah, Go ahead. if developed countries like U.S. can be complaining uh, having issues, having challenges in maintaining this, I think it's important that we close, we lock down so that uh, once in Africa, you know, our borders are porous and some even don't believe that the thing exists. And uh, so I think we have to keep educating the people. Do you think enough education is, is even ongoing? I mean, we see certain adverts uh, on television. And television is middle class, is highbrow. I mean, that is if you happen to have electricity in your area. 
However, we are talking more about the rural areas. We are talking more about you know the local government. How much of this sensitization has gotten to them? And that's the question a lot of people are asking. But coming straight to what you have just said about the spread of the welfare and the um, yes. and, and the reach out, um, yes. I did mention earlier that the United States is doing something quite you know spectacular called the unemployment and skill aid which gives at least 150 people in the county you know some level of stipends you know measures of intervention for those people who are not going to work at the moment because you know at the end of the day the government will sit down and also look at you know the the labor force and go back to the drawing table to look at how many of the citizens from private enterprises have gotten that fund and how they can work out you know a payback you know to the government it's called it's called it's called the social investment net but coming yeah. down to nigeria we're looking at the plumbers we're looking at the carpenters we're looking at the vulcanizers we're looking at the market women we're looking at dry cleaners we're looking at people who have stepped down skill engagements who might not necessarily have access to this fund how how far reaching do you think this is do you, do you think there should be another conversation around this I think first, let me start by issue of publicity. First, let me appreciate the Nigerian media, both privately owned and government owned. They've done their best. Uh, their best may not be, uh, uh, their good may not be the best, but they've done their best. But I think things, uh, agencies such like national orientation agencies should also be in the forefront to educate people. They should be moving around. Because you have, you have said, people don't have light, some cannot even watch television, some don't have any money to buy by small batteries to listen to. So I think the National Orientation Agency should be in the forefront. And again, in terms of palliatives, I think we have a big lesson to learn. If the state governors had allowed local government to exist, to perform their duties, this is the right time now we will have seen the effect and the importance of local government. Because we operate a federal system of the state and the local government. local governments are autonomous in their job. The agency will be relating with the local government chairman on this 774 local governments. The poor will have seen this. But unfortunately, the local governments are not existing. And the state governments are not doing much. Uh, so I think, but the federal government said, okay, we have to intervene. We are going to the state. And but you know this is a problem. I think it is important that even we as the status, these are things that when we get back to plenary, we should be able to look at it. We must not allow the third tier of government to become useless as if it does not function. Now we have seen the reason why it must come because they are the people who are the closest to the people who know the poor. This thing will have taken effect and people have benefited better. Finally, before we go, now um, the the security operatives are also part of this, you know, lockdown to make sure that citizens, you know, obey the law. Uh, the Nigerian police, uh, the NSCDC, we've seen all the police uh, on the streets, uh, including the military, who is also, you know, doing so much in, in in the areas of holding peace and trying to fight Boko Haram. Also, need to understand the idea of social distancing because you know COVID nineteen is spread through the air. So somebody. So somebody will be asking, how is the military going to mitigate social distancing during fighting the war? You know, so someone has asked that, you know, online before. I know it sounds funny, but... <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is that uh, we will require the, the army 
and to also intervene in trying to enforce some of this order, including the police. Because, you know, in Africa, if you issue statements and you didn't follow it with enforcement, people not even listen to it. Our only challenge is that I chair committee on army, and we have had this discussion with the uh, authorities in the army, that look, sometimes when you allow the army, uh, the soldiers to do certain job, out of overzealousness, you can see them going beyond the normal, beyond the... Uh, uh, the normal duty and beginning to punish people, uh, putting people moving inside water, other issues of people getting uh, fired, injured, and things like that. I think this is very bad. We, we should be mild in doing this civil in, in, in trying to enforce these orders. I think this is the only thing. But in, of course, we require them. If they are not around, Nigerians are very difficult. Not all will follow the rules. You know, we have gotten reports from, you know, citizens about police people taking bribes, you know, on the road. You know, you stop them and they tell you where they're going and you are rightfully on the right trajectory, but they still stop you to take bribes. And we've gotten some pictures on social media. What should be a citizen's role in also, you know, calling into question such misbehavior? And again, to what extent or what is the boundary uh, for the, the security operatives in arresting or holding uh, uh, a pedestrian or a Kaiser who is found, you know, breaking the law? Uh, fortunately, I just watched uh, the Inspector General of Police just a couple of minutes ago. He said that uh, they are going to give uh, the phone numbers of uh, public relations officers of the police throughout the country in all the states. So that if you have any uh, complaints to make, uh, we should make to those uh, public relations officers. I think it's important that some of these numbers should be uh, uh, made available to the media so that Nigerians will get to know. And of course, there is need to continually educate the armed forces and also the police about the need to subject themselves to civil authority and about the need to also begin to realize that we are under a civilian regime, and therefore, once you are directed to go and do an operation or a particular job, you must do it within the rules of engagement. People should not go beyond their bounds because uh, COVID-19 does not know an armed force man, a soldier, a police, a rich man, or a poor person. All of us are vulnerable to things, and therefore, as long as we continue to relate, uh, we will continue to have these challenges. I think and Nigerians should be able to have their answers, record people who are harassing them so that we can use that as evidence and present it in the police station, in the court, put it on social media. Once that is being done, some of them will redress their steps. I think that is a better way out. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. And that was Honorable Namdas Abdurazak, Chairman Committee on Army. Uh, he says, record away. You know, uh, use your phones, use your iPad, whatever you can. Find anybody wanting any operatives, security, uh, you know, manhandling or any form of harassment or even taking bribes. You could record it and send it to the, um, you know, force, uh, you know, uh, representative of the Nigerian police, especially, you know, the spokesperson. If you have access to them, please do. We're going to be sending out the numbers later on for you to be able to contact them as well. Uh, secondly, uh, please remember to avoid any embarrassment, obey the rules, stay home, stay safe, uh, do not be told. So I have on my phone now, uh, Ario. Ario, welcome to the show. Yo, thank you for having me. Ario is a right activist. Ario, I know that you're on fire this lockdown. I mean, a lot of people have been sending in comments from civil society. Uh, the two weeks extra lockdown is is 
it's a welcome development. It was expected by some people already, uh, but for some people who are lower down the ladder, it's not respite. Uh, they are worried about how to cope. They are worried about what's going to happen in the long run. Our streets getting restless. We've heard issues and reports uh, from Lagos so far uh, about what's happening, even though that, you know, the street agents have come out to say that there was nothing like that. It was just a scare. But people have sent us pictures on social media and have sent in messages. Uh, some people have also said police... Policemen are not doing their work. They seem tired and already overwhelmed by the first two initial lockdowns and are sitting by and watching people walk by and cars drive by, you know, and not also covering themselves. They're not wearing, they're not wearing, uh, you know, face mask. You can't see any form of hand sanitizer, you know, waist belt on them, just like you see in, in America, Spain, in Italy. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of worry. So first of all, I want to ask your experience so far. The first initial two weeks lockdown. How have you coped so far? Oh, thank you very much. I let me say that uh, it's been very very tough. Uh, tough in the sense that when you're a public person, especially as I'm talking to you, some people hear you talking on radio. Sometimes they see you as one big personality. They see you on TV, even though they know that you are an activist, a public activist. There's this perception that probably you have some money in your pocket. And it could be very, very terrible for people like me who doesn't know how to say no when people ask me. So it was a first two weeks of really depleting everything I have, not just families, friends, including people that you don't even know. So I can imagine even people like you that are asking me questions. There are a lot of persons know, and I'm sure if you want to be honest enough, you'll be able to tell some of your listeners the kind of requests that you yourself have received. I, I really, I don't have a last, You don't have In the last two weeks. And I know you don't want to talk about that, but believe me sincerely, I think one thing that we don't learn from is that no true crime is the same. A developed country is different from a developing country. That is why Economically speaking, nations are classified as first world, second world, third world. I was shocked when I see third world nations taking decisions that first world nations took. You know, God so helped Africa, especially Nigeria, that ordinary women have found ourselves in this kind of a messy situation. Before coronavirus made a landfall in Nigeria, it tarried a bit, it delayed a bit. If we had done the needful in terms of, you know, arresting the situation, you know, from the airport, like maybe 5,000 persons who came in, you know, during that period that Nigerians were complete, maybe 10,000 people. We have the facilities, hotels. We would have spent more than five, ten billion naira, you know, in doing all of this. Now, look at the kind of money that the entire country has committed and is still going to commit to this. So... The last two weeks have been very, very challenging, very tough for everybody, common man, except those who have excesses, and probably some of members of the ruling elite. But I can tell you that I wasn't expecting that uh, the president was going to extend without some level of modification, because I, I, I don't think he, he had intelligent briefing, you know, well enough in terms of what is actually happening. However, let me say this also. I think the people also ruling us, believe in this situation called, called what we call a fate accompli. They know that one way or the other that uh, Nigerians have a way 
of finding their parents because we operate what a, a patronage system. Unfortunately, this is a lockdown that has affected our patronage system. So by the time you know you are able to talk to this person here, you get five thousand today, you get three thousand here tomorrow, all sorts of things like that. But not for too long. So that is why I don't know um, how we are going to cope in the next two weeks. But what I see is that it is there will be breaches there and there, and this thing will likely fail naturally. Okay, okay. Let, let me let me ask you know a question just before we 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 skedaddle from here. Now we we have seen rising cases of restlessness, you know, from an outburst from the citizens, and you, you you would understand that these are people or young people or people who you know whose daily survival depend on daily you know uh, uh, hustle, and we've seen what happened in Lagos or what's happening, and the reports are getting you know skirmishes of outbursts here and there. How do we mitigate the rising case of hunger? against the rising case of restlessness and outburst. I mean, the president has said that one million more households to be included in the social investment program. And we just heard Honorable Nanda say not even one person has come forward in the largest constituency in Adamawa State to say they have received any step-down engagement or even stipend from the federal government. So where do we even begin to draw the line here? What's your fear going forward? So, 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 so look, I think uh, quickly, if we are going to really appreciate the enormity of this problem and the gravity of it, you look at it in two categories. First, the social register, which the where they drew the 2.5 or thereabout from, it has 11 million, according to them. Now, the 11 million is just a representation of four and something local government. Nigeria has 774 local government. So that's the first number one problem. It means that there are close to 300 local governments that you are not going to get a single person benefiting from. That's number one. Number two, which I think I also want us to probably look at seriously. According to the Global Index on Poverty, Nigeria is the the capital of extreme poverty in the world. And based on the clock, what we have is that we have over 90 million Nigerians living in extreme poverty now. So when you look at the number, the a million increase in what the president has said, which is 3.5 million. So what is 3.5 million of 90 million people? That is less than 4% of the entire population, of the entire poor people. I'm not even talking about the population. Thus, the government is giving money to less than 4% of the poor people in this country. Now, so it's scary. We're in a a very dire street between the devil and the deep blue sea. The only thing we can do is to probably adopt what we call a structured lockdown. If not, this thing is going to backfire. Already, some of the suburbs are getting restless. If you go fast, this thing has failed in in Papi. If you go to Papi now, nobody nobody cares about anybody because people are going to eat. If you go to um, Maraba and all those things, people have started. Look, they are not respecting some of those things. Yeah, even in Abuja here, sample the security guys. Some of them are tired, are fed up. You know why? Because there is not even any uh, anything that is uh, reasonable for them in terms of allowances. You know, to cushion whatever what they, they themselves are exposing themselves to. So, 
You see, it is years of our stupidity that has now caught up with us. In terms of mismanaging of our commonwealth, including our, I mean, uh, oil uh, uh, wealth, we've mismanaged it. So, currently, we don't have enough reserve to be able to take us in terms of uh, what we can spend on palliatives, number one. Number two, we didn't also put in place a proper system for data generation. But you see, um, my sister, you see, the problem we're having is that we have a government that is not ready, ready to utilize what we call capable Nigerians. There are Nigerians who can help to fix, is, I mean, fix the, the gap that we have in terms of having the necessary data of people that could be rich substantially because they believe in manipulating figures. So we have about 40 million Nigerians on BVN. Now there is a way that within that 40 million Nigerians, this bank has system which they can use to determine who are actually very poor. That's number one. Number two, the, there was a system inherited by the current administration which was put in place by, I think, Ngozi uh, Okojo well under last administration, called YESCO system. Now, so the, there is a system in place for reaching poor people in very hard-to-reach areas. I've, I've been one of, I've joined some NGOs to monitor them. So what they do is that they do ATM for some of these people, and they have a way of going to the nearest town that has ATM to go and collect money once in a week. Now, all these things are in place. The social register and those who put it together, including the current humanitarian minister, they ignored all of this, and they carry out cash, and we're giving people cash money. And now, Anaria, sorry to cut it down there, and again, people are also asking the question, when and where was the poverty mapping done? Did we, did we even do a poverty mapping to be able to ascertain this household? How many of them are in that number? And, you know, etc., etc. The fear is, what happens post-COVID? What is the post-COVID plan? And that will be another conversation for another day. But I want to quickly say thank you because we're running out of time uh, for joining us on the show. It's been fantastic talking much. to you as me. usual. And please hold the faith. Hold the faith. And please stay home and stay safe. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. Well, that was Ario Atoye. He is a rights activist and he has put it to you clearly that the federal government needs to do more in terms of research, data collection, poverty mapping. Uh, what is what is the essence of the policy plan by the call for the, from the presidency to some of the ministries without all of these measures put in place? And beyond this, how do we resign to fate if we have this sort of problem again? But again, I want to say thank you. Remember to talk to us uh, on our social media handle, Talk to Adora uh, on Instagram, Talk to Adora on Facebook, Talk to Adora again on Twitter. And like Mahatma Gandhi says, there are people in the world so hungry that God cannot appear to them except in the form of bread. And so if you have something and if you can lend a hand, if you get a phone call, please reach out. But please also be sensitive that we, right now, everyone, whether you're rich, poor, middle class, lower class, low, lower middle, higher class, everyone right now is hanging on the edge and hoping to survive this extra two weeks. Until I come your way again, sorry we couldn't take the phone calls because we're out of time, but we will definitely get your feedback next week. I am yours humbly. Please stay out of trouble. Stay home. Stay safe. And remember to wash your hands regularly. And, of course, remember that your health is in your hands.
It's goodbye for now. Take care. Hello, you're welcome to the show today. Talk to Adora. My name is Adora Lingeshire. It is a privilege always to have you here. And yes, to my guest, how are you feeling today? Hello, Adora. I'm great. I'm I'm gay. Uh, you're, you're gay? Oh my, you're coming out on live radio. Wow. No, I mean, you, you do know it's 14 years under the law and I, I don't want the police outside. No, come on. No, I mean, I'm happy. <laughs> come on, Adora, no. Oh, oh, you mean you're happy. Oh, oh, I see. Talk to Adora. No heating conversations, no bars held back, undiluted, dealing with real life issues, conversations across the borders. And it's about bringing you closer to the solution. Talk to Adora. It is raw, it is personal, it is deep. It will leave you at the edge of your seat. Every Tuesday at 4 p.m. on KSFM.